0: Hello and welcome to the Almost 30 podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's Lindsay and Krista. What's happening? Uh, Welcome, you're here. Welcome. (laughs) Hope all is well in your world. We're so
1: grateful you chose Almost 30 as your podcast of choice today. It means so much to Lindsay and I. We've been doing this for over six years and we love our community. We love everyone that listens and we're just so grateful to connect and be inspired by people like you and just have you
0: in our orbit. Yeah, and we're not afraid to have kind of Out there conversations, conversations that go deep. We're not afraid to laugh and be silly. So you never quite know what you're going to get in any any episode. But I think that's kind of the fun, the adventure. Um, And if you're watching on YouTube, hello. Our skin is the same color as the wall. (laughs) Literally.
1: Our videographer, Tommy, who sometimes makes appearances, he's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking when we decorated the studio. The There's blush-colored drapes. The wall is blush-colored. The, the seats are
0: blush-colored. And our skin is blush-colored. So anytime he or anyone else edits or corrects kind of the color in mm-hmm. the video, basically how you do it is you choose a color to kind of tune up, tune down, whatever. So everything is skin color. Everything. <laughs> everything kind of gets a little... He's like, I have to pump up the blue to yeah. 100 to make it not so intense. But it's it's nice. It's warm. So if you're on YouTube, hello. Make sure you subscribe. You could put us on your TV. I recommend it. I recommend us big. Yes, Nice and big on your nice TV. Nice and big. Good look at our pores. <laughs>
1: um, this one's a good one. It's on astrology. And I loved the angle that we took in this conversation. If you've been listening for a while, you might know that we talk about astrology every quarter, probably every couple months. We have amazing astrologers on the podcast. And this conversation is incredibly powerful. It was with Jennifer Freed. She is a PhD. She is a renowned psychological astrologer. So we talk about what psychological astrology is, which is very unique and an angle that we haven't taken yet on this podcast.
0: Yeah, I loved it. And I'm sure a lot of you out there are astrology curious, or maybe you have regular readings, or you're kind of diving into your own chart. And I think what can happen sometimes is whether it's with someone who's reading you or what you are reading about, there can be an energy to certain signs or transits, and it can make you feel a type of way and almost give away your own intuition and power to the reader or what you're reading. And I love Jennifer because she really, she emphasizes that you, you know, you are, you are the expert and really she is learning from you in a reading and she uses just inquiry and listening to give you an incredible reading. Then she teaches astrologers as well. And she describes astrology as your cosmic DNA, Mm -hmm. which I love. It is just a unique map to how you can really live a beautiful, full, fulfilling, purpose-filled life, no matter your chart. You don't have to be, you know, a Virgo or a Capricorn to do all these things. <laughs> you say Virgo because you're a Virgo. <laughs> I'm a Virgo. Baby, I'm sorry. If you don't to be a Virgo to be fabulous,
1: okay? <laughs> well I think it's I think the, the work of psychological astrology is so important because it almost puts words to what I feel like sometimes in the space. Of personal growth, self-development, spirituality that we're in, oftentimes when people are getting readings, whether it's tarot or human design or astrology or whatever they're being read, or if they're getting healing sessions, or if they're having life coaching sessions, there's a lot of a therapeutic element. And there's a lot of psychology that goes into that. And if someone isn't trained in psychology or in a certain method, you can really fuck with people in a vulnerable state because people are being being very vulnerable in those situations. They're bringing problems. They're bringing things that they wish wish to learn more about or solve. Oftentimes it's power being given away. But to be able to take the lens of psychological astrology, I really, really love because it does give the power back to the person that's being read. It gives the power back to the chart. It gives the power back to, you know, the person that's looking for answers. So we talk about psychological astrology. The thing that I was most interested in and excited about About our conversation was Mm -hmm. learning about the elements. Yes. And learning about the elements in a variety of ways. But the thing that I really took from this, that I'm hopeful you all will as well, is that you have a dominant element of your chart. So for Lindsay and I, we're both very earth dominant. So that means we need to seek in our life to incorporate more fire because that's Mm -hmm. the, the opposite of earth is fire. And so the way that manifests in my life that I don't have a lot of fire, I don't even have a lot of fire sign friends, is that I oftentimes see the shadow side of fire signs in other people. So in order for me to have a more balanced relationship with fire, with fiery people, with fiery situations, is to bring more fire into my life consciously, whether that's wearing more bright colors, more reds, more oranges, whether that's doing fire gazing, whether that's lighting the whole place on fire.
0: (laughs) Whether that's burning all my meals. It's just getting fire in however I can. (laughs) I know, it was really Or or yelling at each other. Oh yeah, she was saying, Krista and I could benefit from role-playing and getting really angry at each other, but like playing it, like playing a role. I think we could try. Totally. Because our fights are literally like, so conscious. Some people's like. So earthy and watery. So battery. conscious. <laughs> so peaceful. <laughs> Which I thought I'm, was I'm hilarious. I'm scared of, of that. Well, because with us, there's not that um, underlying resentment of like a fuck you. Yeah. So like to role play, sure, I guess. But it's like, I don't know. She's like, be
1: more dramatic. Be more be fiery. More dramatic, be more expressive. Yes. I think there is something to that. For sure. I'm doing improv, so there could be that mm-hmm. like that kind of element, but there's like spontaneity, spontaneity, yeah. But yes. the fire, I'm like,
0: that scares me. My um I have a friend who is so fiery. It's I was thinking of her when we were talking to Jennifer. I was like, "Oh, and she's an Aries and the fire is wild and she's been in a couple relationships where her fire was so assaulting to her partners." And it was really hard to watch <laughs> so i just like holy shit because she's so powerful and amazing and but like we're her- like
1: love your chart love all aspects <laughs> so like,
0: she was abusing people <laughs> but like the <laughs> but I wish for her partners that they could kind of bring the fire themselves to yeah. kind of I don't know it was yeah, just what, a wild yeah, what's thing best? like
1: what's best because there is is the water good but I'm, then, but then, sometimes does the fire just keep fucking going?
0: And they're like, "Oh, because I can." Yeah, I feel like her fire was so fiery in those relationships because their fire was non-existent. Yeah, so she was kind of compensating. So that's why it's interesting mm-hmm. to kind of bring out a little fire. And my north node is an Aries, so it actually behooves me to kind of bring that more of that fire. But yeah, it's just. <laughs> I mean, I am, I'm having a hard time because I feel so
1: scared of fire, fire mm. that energy, that I'm like, I don't know when in my life I've really
0: enjoyed but, that. And it's funny because I feel like you you kind of hear Gemini and Scorpio and you're like, whoa, yeah. neither of those are fire signs. I know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. What are those, air? Air and water. Really? Gemini's air and Scorpio's water.
1: Oh, wow. Isn't that
0: interesting? And yeah. you're Pisces
1: in your water. I know. <laughs> I think with the Gemini actually a lot of Gemini women are coming into my life and I'm really yeah. seeing how fun and beautiful and creative they are. Yes. And it's weird like I'll kind of be with a Gemini friend and I'll see their the other side mm-hmm. and I have to like brace. I'm like and it's like it's a lesson for me. Yeah. To be like, "All right, they're in their other Gemini aspect. Like, how can I hold
0: my ground?" And I also cuz I've I I have my Gemini moon, but I have Gemini friends and sometimes I think there's a part of me that kind of wishes I could yeah. In certain ways. There's in my tree my son be yeah, just kinda like be that one be that way and then yeah. be the other way. Be the other twin. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of that um yeah, just like liberated freedom. Mm-hmm. freedom. So that's sometimes why I'm like, oh, ooh. ooh. Yes. But I'm like, Well, I kinda wish I could. They're so creative. Yes.
1: So creative and expressive mm-hmm. and all of those things. But yeah. So Basically in this, you could really think about your element, what is your dominant element and how you really enable or how you embody that current element of earth for us. We talk a lot about that and then how we can incorporate more fire. The benefit to that would again, be bringing out the aspect of the beneficial aspects of that and not having the shadow side be as persistent. Mm -hmm. And what's beautiful about this is that it adds another element to your chart and to astrology that I think we haven't talked about before. I don't think we often talk about the elements Mm -mm. in this way. So I was excited to explore them in more detail. And we'll make sure to cover all the elements. So every one of your elements will be covered. We talk about that um, and make it very clear for you.
0: Yeah. And her new book, A Map to Your Soul, Using the Astrology of Fire, Earth, Air, and Water to Live Deeply and Fully, is out this month, so look out for that. You can go to Jennifer dot com. Jennifer,
1: yes, this is such a good one. And at the end, we talk about 2023. Oh, yeah, baby! So I would share this with a friend <laughs> who loves astrology. You can talk about what your predictions for 2023 are, you can talk about the elements, how you can incorporate more of them, how you can balance yourself with the elements. And we've grown through sharing the show. So thank you so much for tuning into Almost 30. We love you all very much. You can learn more about Almost 30 at almost30.com. You can tune into our second podcast, Morning Microdose, which is basically small doses of the podcast that provide you inspiration, motivation for your day. We love you all. Enjoy this one and we'll
0: see you on the other side. We'll see you soon. Later. Oh, I'm excited you're here, Jennifer. Freed in person. Mm -hmm. So nice. Um, coming down from Santa Barbara. I'm so curious when people move out of LA, or I don't know if you've always been in Santa Barbara, but what is it about the energy there that you just like thrive?
2: Well, for me, it's the combination of being nestled in the mountains and then right next to the coast. And I love nature as much as anything. So for me to be able to walk to the beach, hike in the mountains, and also it, where I live, it's not that crowded, and I have an acre. And there is mountain lions and deers, and it just feels very nourishing. Mm-hmm.
1: Have you seen mountain lions? Oh, yes, really too close. Really,
2: my you cats, have puppies and cats. Have I have two cats one. that are outdoor cats, and I actually saw one of my cats who thinks he's a lion chase a bobcat out of the yard.
1: Oh, no that is amazing. Cool. I always
2: think they're about to be eaten, and I live with that. But I love
1: them, and I love where we live. I love that. Yeah, I'm mm. all about just letting them be free. The yeah. animals know. so what's so intriguing about your work is the fact that you're a psychological astrologer. And I think we've had some amazing astrologers on. We've talked deep about astrology, but I've actually never heard the term psychological astrology. So I would love to dig into that and why it's different than normal astrology.
2: It's vastly different because I have a background in psychology for as long as I've been studying astrology. I have a PhD in psychology and have practiced as a marriage family therapist for so many years. And psychology gives us not just a perspective on cultural and biological and familial patterns and what dysfunctions people have and maybe how to help them move through them but also in my background I've also trained for years in social and emotional education so I have this whole toolbox of how people can deal with what they're dealt right whereas astrology as a practice in and of itself is your cosmic DNA it's your map and here's your map and you know you can go here you can go there this is your timing but a lot of astrologers have no training in counseling in how to listen to people, in how to empower people. And I'm not saying that there's, you know, a problem there. I'm just saying it took me a long time to understand that what most people need is to be safe, seen, and celebrated, and empowered to make their own decisions instead of relying on me or astrology to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think that in the end that's the design. Mm-hmm. It's a tool that sh- somebody should use for their betterment and to help their community, but not as a crutch to explain their life and rationalize their patterns.
1: It's very interesting actually that you say it in that way because in our space of spirituality, self-development, personal growth, there's so much that borders on therapy for people when you're in the space of doing a reading whether you're a human design reader or astrology or a coach and it's such an interesting thing to witness it happen in our in the community because You realize you're like, oh, this person that I've never met, this astrologer is now my therapist for this hour. They're learning about the deepest parts of me. They're masking them the most intimate questions. I'm going maybe deeper than I do with my family and friends because I'm in this space. So to have that nuance or understanding of the elements of therapy or psychology that you need to deploy – in that situation is really really important. So, what did you notice? Was that something where you're like, "Oh, there's a hole in this space," or did you see sort of people not be held in the way that they should have been during readings? Or what was your journey to becoming to this place where you're like, "I need to do this. I need to be someone that's going to support people in this way."
2: Yes, and. It was a combination of I was always passionate to learn astrology, and concurrently, I was studying psychology. And I didn't really know I'd put them together till I was 30. <laughs> past and, your Saturn return? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: During. Okay. No, past.
2: And then I started creating a training institute and bringing people from all over the world to do seminars. But what happened to me as an astrology client is I had people say really horrible things to me limiting things, Mm -hmm. faded things that weren't true. And I thought, wait a second, this was never meant to be this is who you are, box you in. It's a portal to all you can be. I call it your divine possibilities. So I hate it. And I've had to counsel so many people that got the astrology reading where you'll never have kids. You can't have a successful relationship. You'll end in divorce. Like, what's the point of that? Mm -hmm. What is the point of telling people things that are going to forecast a limited future? Mm -hmm.
1: I am not into that. Mm -hmm. I was looking at someone on our team because they had a reading that said, you're going to be married twice. You're going to get a divorce. And it's like... It's just, which is fine if that's true, if you get a divorce and you are with two people, but to live your life and then sort of look at that as the expectation. And I've had so many readings like that, that have been like predictive, predictive and horrible. And they do really alter the way that you interact with the world. And it's almost like predictive And you put the energy towards it. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm
2: highly impressionable. Some people are too. So if somebody gives me a script, I might follow it unconsciously because they've actually told me this is who you'll be. So in my readings and in my work, I want to open up the possibilities. You can be anything. You're not supposed to be your chart. You're supposed to transcend your chart. So if it's pointing in the direction of exciting and new relationships occurring frequently— that doesn't mean divorce. It could mean you take your relationship that you're committed to and you create a whole new paradigm within it.
0: Yeah, I love, I think of Mark IV, and my therapist did this where, you know, learning as many layers of the person as possible as kind of jumping off points and points of reference, one being astrology. It's so helpful to fully understand or at least start to fully understand a person. And I really love the cosmic DNA piece where it's, it feels special. It feels unique. And I think there's so much stigma around whether it's certain signs. I mean, say Gemini, and some people are like, get away from me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like Gemini has the most that. Scorpio Scorpion, and Gemini. Scorpio, okay. So, like, mm-hmm. there's that where, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's power and there's shadow in every sign. And so are you walking people also through kind of that shadow piece of the sign as well? When I sit with
2: people and talk about their charts, we all have difficult patterns that we're learning from. And so I might be the first person to name that pattern as it shows up in the chart, but I don't name it as a designation. I would say something like, This particular pattern often reveals somebody that has obsessive traits. How is that for you is Mm -hmm. the way I'll phrase it. Because I don't need to be right. I'm making an offering. The person is the expert on themselves. That's where I ground my entire practice in. You know yourselves way better than this chart. This is just a skill I have to facilitate more self-awareness, more optimal choice.
1: Yeah, I think that's super important because a lot of our community, we have a lot of astrologers in our community or healers, or they work with people in this capacity. And I think it's such a good point to call out. And it's something Lindsay and I very much try and do is get curious about, you know, not, I have intuitive gifts and I will have feelings or intuitions. And it's very rare that I actually share them because oftentimes it can really shortcut someone finding something out on their own. But when you're talking about the difficult patterns, okay, so say, taking our charts as an example. I'm
2: looking at yours. Perfect.
1: What are you looking at when you're finding the difficult patterns and what are our difficult patterns?
2: Well, anytime you have a square or Mm -hmm. an opposition, that's a growth point. Mm. So those are always challenges. Cool. If you have a conjunction, it totally depends who's conjunct who, whether they like each other and want to be together. Mm -hmm. And so that could either be a benefit Mm -hmm. or a challenge. Now, for me, since we're all here on a personal growth mission, that's the only reason we're here. The challenge is fabulous. Mm -hmm. You know, you wouldn't get to do this podcast without all these challenges. There'd be no driver. The challenge is the friction of growth. So, you want me to take one of your hard ones? Let's do it. Okay. So, what I'm looking at is that you have Mars with Neptune. And that's a conjunction. And then you also have sun in Pisces and it's opposite your Virgo ascendant. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's just first talk about Pisces and Virgo. They're opposites. Pisces is water and Virgo is earth. Pisces in its essence is about merging and feeling, intuiting, and it's this cosmic understanding, but it's wordless. It's just a feeling. And it's in the big wow of the cosmos. Virgo is very particular, very specific, uh, very discerning, and can be nitpicky and critical. So you can see how they're opposite. One's like, go with the flow, and the other is, get your shit together and do it right, you know? <laughs> so this is a tension you're born with is balancing these two energies. Mm-hmm. And from looking at your face, I'm pretty intuitive. It looks like you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. But it is like, how do I live in faith and still pay very close attention to the details mm-hmm. and not let the details get so small in my mind that I have lost my faith mm-hmm. or not get so into the merging of feeling that I forget what I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah. that's one of those challenges. Mm-hmm. A great challenge.
1: Yeah, my Virgo rising is my favorite quote of myself is, this could be better. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere I go, I'm like, this Mm -hmm. could be better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, (laughs) and that's
2: not a bad thing. If you remember, Mm -hmm. this could be better and it's already perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the next line you want to say to yourself Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. like, we can all improve. And in this moment, if it were our first or our last, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. So that's one Oh, I was going to talk about your Mars and Neptune. Okay, Mars and Neptune together. So Neptune is the planet of dissolution. It's like being in the cosmic dream. It's all water again, Neptune. So it's about just letting go and letting be. And Mars is the planet that represents action and getting things done. So from an early age... This would say, so you tell me, that you might have had somebody in your early life that was undependable or not particularly reliable. That's true. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, This is a true statement. (laughs) Do you want to say who it was? It was my mom. Okay. Mm -hmm.
2: So that shows in the chart. So that's an early challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, many people with this aspect, I'm not going to say this is true about your mother, but lived with some alcoholism or substance abuse or something like that. Okay, we don't have to dive into that. Okay, Mm -hmm. But when you have an unreliable parent figure, sometimes you feel lost in what you're supposed to do or how you're supposed to be. So this becomes a challenge again of finding your road without being rigid in response to somebody that was undependable, but also you yourself have to resist temptations to want to check out.
1: Hmm. Does that make sense? Because the Neptune's the checkout? Yeah. The Mars is the get, get things, things done. done. Okay,
2: Like this isn't you because the rest of your chart I can tell, but I read for a guy that had Mars, Neptune, a couple of guys that yeah. were porn addicts or sex addicts wow. or drug addicts mm-hmm. because the Mars with the Neptune is like, I want to go somewhere other than here.
0: Yeah,
2: I want to be out of here.
1: So how could you tell that was, so my, my mom's not an addict, but there are different other, you know, Experiences. Yeah. But but what is, how did you know that was a figure outside of my own? Like, I guess, why didn't you think that was me with the addiction?
2: Oh, well, it could have turned out to be you. This is your chart. But in your birth chart, you didn't come in with that problem. Okay. And it's in your house of home and
1: family. So it indicates a parental figure. So it's in the fourth house. Correct. Okay. Got it. Perfect. So then my Neptune and my Mars are in the fourth house. Yes. And they're both Capricorn.
2: Yes. Okay. But so what would be ideal for you mm-hmm. if I were to help you design your perfect environment? Mm-hmm. It would be in Santa Barbara with Say, the mountains and the water. I'm ready. No, because you have Earth, yes. Capricorn, but that Neptune Mars wants mm-hmm. to be near water. Mm-hmm. Say no more.
0: What's stopping you from moving <laughs> to, 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 to like a Santa Barbara? I think what's stopping me is
1: Air One. Totally. <laughs>
0: honestly the food but yeah. yes
1: i'm i'm very ex- i'm very give Give her the options up and okay this is last question about me and then we're yeah. moving on okay. the only question i want to ask is i'm deeply about my relationships and my connections my mm-hmm. community means so much mm-hmm. to me i'm very mm-hmm. extroverted but is that me being a false self is that my real self well is it you, you don't i only don't know that. that pisces part of me i'm like is am i just like <laughs> merging into on, everybody else yes I can sit, sit with you
2: and say you seem pretty genuine. Okay. I so see. you have to answer that question. I and especially feel... if you're turning 30, this is a huge piece I want to say astrologically. The way I think of it is up until 29, your life script was written by someone else. When you're 29 Ooh. to 31, you start to write your own life script and you're the author The whole point of Saturn return is authority from the word author. So when you ask me, am I a fake or not, I'd say to you, only you can answer that.
1: Okay. Mm, What do you think? I'm not a fake. Mm -hmm. I don't believe I'm a fake, but I do believe that I, or I, I am curious about if I am as deeply needing of relationships and connection with people like if I could be in Santa Barbara and just be like hanging out by myself all the time.
0: But you, I feel like you, you would make a new it.
1: community.
2: But also you just answered it. What I say? You said, and I listened deeply, I'm so deeply connected to people. Uh, That's your truth.
1: Okay. That's that doesn't mean one.
2: where you are.
1: That's a good one. That's who you are. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I'd meet a community. This is too much. <laughs> too much of the therapy. Okay. Okay. Now to Lindsay's we like issues it. and problems. Oh, yeah. What's wrong? Let's,
0: let's <laughs> move the, <laughs> the spotlight. Yeah, literally. <laughs>
1: Difficult patterns. Okay.
2: But I do want to make a pitch for something. Mm-hmm. I would really like Creation and Erewhon to move to Summerlin, right where I live. And I know it would be, if anyone's willing to do this, you would never have one spare moment. Yeah. People billions would go there, they would especially make since a year. there's been this big flight into Montecito <laughs> with all the celebrities. Yes, and, yeah. you know those you two joking? places, and there is a place for rent in Summerlin. I'm just saying, a okay. big place.
0: Okay. Let's manifest it. Everyone, lift
1: this prayer. Yeah. Okay. I need.
2: I'm very practical with a tourist moon, and I love food as much as you. So it's like I actually need those places to be right near my house. Yes. Right near Montecito, right in Summerlin. Perfect. It's called the Yellow House. Is for rent. Okay. I'm gonna look it up.
1: They're they're probably and ghosts live there at the Yellow House. One of the reasons, absolutely, why I won't be there. (laughs) I cannot. Do that. I'm so they're too good sensitive. ghosts, though.
2: No, they're really happy good ghosts. They just want a good clientele. They, they used to, to be hang. there for with a oh. restaurant and would visit with the staff and visit with the people. Lots of sightings, lots of recognition, mm-hmm. and then they didn't like who moved in. They kick them all out. We need a new vibe. Oh,
1: oh my wow! God. But then I have to go in and like see if I'm accepted. <laughs> <laughs> like no plates moved, nothing's rattling. I'm doing well. <laughs> Okay, let's go to
2: Lindsay, humble (laughs) Lindsay. Okay, so actually that is where I'm going to start with what would be challenging for you. You have Sun, Mars, and Venus in Virgo and a Libra rising. So you're incredibly affable, very sacrificing, very thoughtful, considerate human being. And I think the difficult part is owning what I call your seventh house, Aries. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the challenge. When you have this much otherness, Lindsay, it's like, how are you? And what's it like for you? And are you doing okay? And like, I can hear your inner voice. Mm -hmm. Then when your seventh house is Aries, that's the quality you want to own in order to be whole. And Aries is look at me. What about me? How am I doing? What do you think of me? And that is your growth point in a chart like this. And my north node's in Aries. Oh, yes, it is. Which is Very good. Yeah. So for me, I didn't really come into my wholeness and happiness till I owned my seventh house placement. And I want to say to all of you people that are listening to this, look at the sign on your seventh house and any planet in your seventh house. That's what you tend to project on other people, good or bad. And when you fully embrace and own that quality, that's when life gets more Fluid, harmonious, and also you feel yourself worth mm-hmm. Does everyone have something in their seventh house? Everyone has a sign on their seventh okay. house. It doesn't necessarily mean they have a planet there. Got it. Okay. You have Jupiter in Aries in the seventh. So your challenge would be to be on a billboard in New York City with only you
0: kind of down for that but that's a good one but yeah I understand what you're saying there that is means a, I um, have to <laughs> no it means I, that you'd be
2: like this in the billboard lifting her yeah she'd be you'd I'm be turning on uh, the light yeah yeah <laughs> that would be good
0: yeah but it's an interesting thing I think there's a um, there's a humbleness that I grew up with or was taught when I was younger where mm-hmm. it's like be humble but also be a star and I'm yes. like how do you do that yeah, yeah. I hear that. And then in relationship in years past, I've definitely been self-sacrificing and kind of all about the other person without necessarily listening to or tending to my own needs, desires and all of that. And that kind of dimmed my light a bit. But I feel like I am in a place where I'm able to hold the pose and not not self-deprecate in those moments or not be like too painfully humble, like really owning yeah, it's a practice, but I feel more of that lately. But I really, I've been cur- curious about that Aries energy lately, how I can kind of bring more of that or embody more of that. Aries is like the fire, it's fire, it's the first sign, it's
2: I am, it's declarative, it's confidence, it's mm-hmm. bold, it's pioneering, and it doesn't in its essence, think about other people, mm-hmm. except in protectiveness, if there's an underdog or something. But I think for you to own that energy, it sounds like you've already been doing it. Good for you. Learned the lesson. Is just to take time each day to ask the important core questions. What is my need right now? What is my desire right now? Am I aligned with my core values? am I having a mutual relationship or am I feeling out of balance in this relationship? And then speaking into what it is you most want and allowing the other person to do that as well as a negotiation instead of folding to make get along to go along.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Aries baby. One, One more time with the seventh house. So the seventh house represents what people, people can look at the seventh house and the sign That's next to the seventh house to represent what they're projecting on people.
2: Yes, and especially a partner. Okay. Like the person that you think you want to be with usually will have a certain level of those qualities.
0: Got it. And Mm. so
2: until you work that out and brought it back into yourself, you might disavow those qualities, give them to the other, and then... Later on, go, God, I hate them for that. Mm -hmm. You know how that happens. Mm -hmm. I think
1: Esther Perel talks about that. She says, oftentimes in relationship, the first thing that attracted to us ends up being the thing that annoys us the most down the line. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because I think
2: otherness is what is chemistry. Otherness is chemistry. So often we have a certain pattern of you hold this and I'll hold that. But if it gets too split and very polarized— then it becomes a resentment because neither person develops the other side. And we're all seeking wholeness. Even initially if we want compatibility and attraction and you do this and I'll do that, on a soul's path, we're really looking to call ourselves beloved and have company. Mm. Mm.
1: That's beautiful. What's my seventh house? Oh, years? I knew you'd be asking. What do you mean? <laughs> You're so obvious. What do you she's mean? Like been, she's been, like, fighting to get to I that. need to know what I'm projecting on partners.
2: Kristen, <laughs> you are guessing. a crack up because your tells are all over the place. <laughs> she's looking at it. She's looking at it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> What do you because, think it is? What are you projecting on? The, let's give you a test. Okay, okay this fun. is I love
1: this. test. She loves.
2: Okay, these. okay. So, what qualities do you tend to get really attracted to in other people? What is it they have?
1: <laughs> Come on, bring it. Sense of humor, mm-hmm. kindness, mm-hmm. empathy, mm-hmm. clear, clarity. Like if they're clear,
2: mm-hmm. kind, empathetic, yes. clear, soft, warm. Taurus. Pisces. Pisces.
1: I Project Pisces onto people? Yes, you, clearly you do. Wow, and mm. I'm a Pisces. And
2: that's a little bit kind of confusing. Yes. All right. So are you currently, I don't know your love life, are you with somebody mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. And is that person all those things?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: That's fabulous. Yes. Look what you did. Yes. Okay, and does that person recognize that you're super kind and empathetic, and that you're really considerate, or do you play out more the critic judge? In more that? critic judge. So, see, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, got it. You want to say? Got it. I'm assuming it's a he. Yeah, with a he. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's so kind. He's so loving. He's so warm, and like we admire that. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm not exactly yeah. all those things. My partner is that too, but actually, you're that.
1: Yeah, I think I flip flops. Either I'm being critic judge or they're being okay. But that's also kind of the power dynamic mm. within where it's like victim. Yeah, but I but. think you can just
2: recognize at your deepest level you're an incredibly kind and caring yeah. person. Mm-hmm. And for you, since we're now back at you, your chart requires time alone in order to find that kindness. Mm-hmm. So even as you're a conductor and a networker and extroverted, as you say, that's not where you f- fuel up with the kindness.
1: See, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's kind of the message I'm looking for with the moving. That's beautiful. It's like, if that's the truth of the essence, I know my truth is also connection, but that is that part mm-hmm. of me. Yeah.
2: I don't think a geographic's going to change your relationship to finding time alone. Yeah. Because you are a people person. Mm-hmm. I think it's not the big moves in our life that matter. It's the small daily moves. So for me, I spend—you don't have kids yet. So I spend, because my kids are out of the house, an hour and a half in the morning doing all my spiritual exercises before I'm connecting with people. And even still, because I'm more introverted— By three o'clock, I'm done with people. Yeah, feel that. I'm done. Feel that (laughs) because I'm really intense, and I want to be with the people. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, please let me lay on my bed and read a book. Yes. But I think for you, it's just getting Virgo a routine of being alone, that isn't on any device, that's doing some kind of spiritual activity for you. That brings you home to yourself, and that won't matter where you are. That will fuel your kindness
1: because mm. yeah. it's being kind oh, but, to you. Yes, and it's that nourishment. Okay, do you feel it's left out? No, no okay.
0: all right, just no, it's making fascinating. Sure. I yeah. love it. Oh, the, but that's that the humbleness. Bring, so, <laughs> <we gotta> bring <laughs> the Aries though. The Aries says, <laughs> "Yeah, Talk the Talk about Aries me. says it's my Ooh. turn. Put me on a billboard." Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God. You two are fun. Fascinating.
0: And it, what's interesting, I mean, we've talked about this before in other conversations, but the fact that Krista and I, she's a Pisces, I'm a Virgo, opposite mm-hmm. ends of the chart. Is there anything else interesting about oh, our you, you two have so much good stuff And then going we'll start have, talking about yes, ourselves. Then we're done. No,
1: why not? Your I enjoy it. want to hear about it. do. Do. you. True. I That's have true. a Pisces north node and Virgo south node. You have a lot more going for you two than just what you
2: just said. Yeah. So, for example… Because your rising, Krista, is Virgo, and so that is connected deeply and very geometrically to all your Virgo stuff. Mm -hmm. So when you have a Virgo rising, you're also sourcing for who can get it done like I can. Well, you pick the right person. Mm -hmm. Okay, then beyond that, you have this Libra rising, and that goes beautifully with the part of you, Krista, that really likes beauty. You know, you're very drawn to beauty and symmetry, Mm -hmm. and this is a very big feature of yours. Mm -hmm. And also you're accommodating and kind, that issue that you like. And so that really works. Mm -hmm. And then... Furthermore, the moon sign is very very good. You have opposite moon signs. So I didn't you know it I didn't know that
1: either. Oh, that's well, fascinating.
2: Lindsay, you have a Gemini moon and Krista has a Sagittarius moon, and the moon sign is the most predictive of how compatible people will actually be.
0: Oh, that's cool.
2: The moon sign, cuz your emotional needs are not negotiable. So, either they're a good click or they're not. It doesn't mean I can't be close to people when the moon signs are not compatible, but it's not going to be a home fit. It's going to be a workout. This is not, I mean, opposite moon signs are like this and that. Mm -hmm. As long as you respect the way that you're emotionally responding to things, then it's a beautiful ping pong. Oh, you feel that way, and I feel that way, and there's some real embrace of the totality. You're covering both spectrums. Mm-hmm. But that's a really nice thing to have moon opposite moon, especially in a combination of creativity.
0: Mm. Very cool. My Gemini can get a little freaky. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good.
2: <laughs> yeah, We I'm like good. freaky. I'm of... we do, I, I feel like normal has been so overrated and doesn't even exist, so what oh, we're 100%. calling freaky is just being authentic.
1: Completely. For people that are reading, you know, I want to do two things with this question. For those that are getting sessions, how could they lead it in a way that they're not having the doom and gloom sort of predictions if they're seeing an astrologer? And then the other end is for people that are reading, what are some advice you would give to them so that they are more opening, they are more positive?
2: Exactly. Well, I'm training this one guy in Brooklyn, Mm. and he's a great guy, and he's in his 20s. And I've just really said to him, never say something with certainty. That's oppressive. Somebody has to agree with you. Mm. That's subjugating somebody. Always say something as a question. Like, is it possible that Saturn opposed the moon? Relates to some kind of emotional repression you felt as a child. You know, ask it as a question Never have to be right over the client. The client is the source and the expert. Ask more questions than you do telling people things. And here's my biggest one, have them speak more than you. I've had the astrology reading where the person talks nonstop for 50 minutes, doesn't ask me a thing, kind of doesn't even matter if I'm there. They're just reading me. And I end up feeling like, wow, I just got a dose of a lot of information that I have no idea what I'll do with. It's just like a mind dump. Mm. And that's not where I live. I don't live just in the information. I live in an embodied, soulful recognition of things, and I want some tools. So for those astrologers that are learning, ask questions more than tell people. And also, always the insecure new astrologers feel like they have to nail it. They have to get it right. And it's like, no, if you're wrong, that's information too. So mm-hmm. if I say to you, because let's say to you, you do have Saturn oppose the moon in your chart. And that would often indicate, not always, that there wasn't an environment where you weren't necessarily allowed to be fully expressed with all your feelings. Mm-hmm. It, is that true? Yeah. And, ha- and then you say, and how is that true? Have them mm-hmm. tell you. That's how I learned Love. astrology. The clients will tell you. Beautiful. How did it happen that you got shut down on occasion emotionally?
0: I think a few ways, like I was the oldest child. Oh, yeah, there you go. So I kind of no felt more. like I needed to not disrupt the the family dynamic mm-hmm. or there was like kind of other conflict going on. So like I felt like I c- couldn't be fully expressed mm-hmm. because there was already...
2: So super responsible stuff. emotionally from a young age. Very. You were already what we call the parentified child. You know yeah. that term? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Then we we'll talk about that. And then if, if we wanted to, and I was in a session with you, I would talk about whatever cycle or transit is affecting that complex right now and how you want to move through it. So basically, my advice to young astrologers is two things. Do your own inner work. Don't make astrology your need to be mirrored and be amazing because that's what a lot of people are doing. Like, look at me. I'm Such so amazing. No Turn the power and the light over to the person. When you're doing a great reading, the person walks away thinking, I'm amazing, not Jennifer's amazing. Okay, that's number one. Number two, keep studying. Don't just do the apps and like the little readouts. Read books. There are amazing Mm. books on astrology from so many centuries. Dig in. It's a real journey of knowledge that's not just informative, but it's also self-healing to read all the books.
1: What were some books that transformed you on your journey?
2: Well, every single book out of the, this is where Psychological Astrology, Liz Green, Howard us. there's like a British group of psychological astrologers I love. My big teacher that taught me a lot and still good friend, Rick Tarnas, Cosmos and Psyche, He is a philosophic astrologer, Mm -hmm. amazing. So, not psychology, but he's a cultural astrologer. I love Caroline Casey, many, many people. Mm -hmm. Stephen Arroyo, read the frickin' books. Mm
0: -hmm. It's important. Yeah. I'm a big believer in reading. Mm -hmm. I know me too. We both of us are. Yeah. Having the actual physical books. Yes. Annotating. Yes.
1: Feels so good. Mm -hmm. You mentioned about 29 to 31 and that that period in time being important. A lot of our audience, you know, they're in their 20s, they're in their early 30s. We have audience all over the world in all ages. But the reason why I ask around this age is because this is how we started the podcast and it felt so transformational for us. What's sort of happening astrologically for folks during that time? Well, that
2: is the Saturn return time. And basically that's when the planet Saturn returns to its birth position. So in your chart, Saturn was in a certain place when you were born. It returns to that exact position between 29 and 31. Saturn is the planet of karma, consequence, discipline, maturity, authority, and time. So when it goes back to that natal position, it's asking the question, who do you define yourself to be? Are you doing the work of fully being you? So one thing I notice because I work with all ages, If people are doing their work, that Saturn return is incredibly fruitful. Like that's when I bought my first house. And even though I was crying, oh my God, I'll never be able to pay the mortgage. You know, I was really upset about it. (laughs) But it was a really major commitment to myself that I'm going to earn this money and do that. But if people are resisting growing up, the Saturn return is brutal. If they're like the people that say, I never want to grow up and I like being a kid and why do I have to work and all that stuff— Saturn returns brutal because Saturn is that sledgehammer of reality. So if you haven't faced reality and been real with yourself about your talents, but also your deficits, Saturn can be very hard. So I'm telling everyone. And Saturn happens every seven years. So you're never getting away from Saturn. And I love Saturn. So... That is unpopular to say. People often like, when will it be over? Saturn is the character maker. And if you're about making a great contribution this lifetime, you love Saturn. Because Saturn is going to put your ass in the chair and you're going to do the work. Mm. Or be depressed and, you know, victim. and mm -hmm. loser. Yeah. Like, here's (laughs) another one I want to say to people. and very unpopular as a therapist to say this. But if you're still blaming your parents at 30, you're in trouble.
1: Yo. That's...
2: I mean, I, you know, I, I did. Wait, I did. I. It didn't work out well. Yeah. To do that, it's yeah.
1: very, un, it's very unattractive.
2: It's and unattractive. And it also, just, you're not taking responsibility. Yeah. You're stuck. It's like I understand because people want to be heard in their pain. It's just you're no longer living with your parents. 100%. It's up to you what kind of life you yes. make and the trauma that you've gone through. And I went through trauma, and lots of people go through trauma. It's up to you to heal that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't hold people from the past mm-hmm. responsible for who you are now. At that age,
0: you said Saturn. Uh, there's you mentioned a seven year cycle. It's I would, every
2: seven years. That mm-hmm.
0: was every like twenty seven. So that's what is a Saturn that? return. Okay. okay. Every
2: twenty eight to thirty, you go through your Saturn return. Uh-huh. But Saturn makes an angle to Saturn every seven years. So every oh. seven years, you're in a review of how far yeah. you've come. With your own work curriculum. Wow. Your own soul's work curriculum. That's beautiful.
1: Isn't it weird too? Don't your cells renew every seven years? I like think all it's the cells like in your that. body and then your taste buds. There's like yeah. biological, physiological things that happen too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think seven years is a very, yeah. very important thing. It's often when marriages break up yes. seven years, 14 seven year years, itch. 21 years, 28 yes. years, because people hit hit a, a spot of real, you know, difficulty, challenge, friction, and some people meet that and go, we're going to bust through that and get stronger and better, because that's mm-hmm. the other thing about Saturn. If you're having a really hard time, it's like setting the bone better than when it was, you know, Yeah. or
0: it can be the end of something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you feel overall about your Saturn return? I was
1: in, I think I... I don't know. My wa- it's hard because I'm my awakening and my Saturn return were around the same time. I had my awakening when I was like twenty six or like just my reawakening, but then my Saturn return started when I was like twenty eight. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know. It's hard mm-hmm. to like mix the two, but yeah. I think I was at the corporate job trying to do a bunch of different things. Yeah, it felt very. Fr- it felt like there was a lot of friction, to be honest.
2: Well, yeah, I I didn't have an easy one either, yeah. but looking back, that was one of the most formative Deeply. growth mm-hmm. periods of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Deeply important. And so I do want to flash forward to anyone that's older. I've been in a Saturn period now for two and a half years to my sun, my moon. But now knowing what I know, I'm not like, Wow, well, Saturn. I just <laughs> I just really went, I'm gonna be in a really productive period. Mm. And sure enough, right? I wrote my book, I did the things. But the complaining and the whining is good for a moment, but really you want to look at those Saturn possibilities and say, what could I manifest in this time if mm. I put in the effort? Oh, and I have something I've been really thinking about I want to share with yes, all of you.
1: please. Let's hear it.
2: In my book thing right now, I have to make a lot of asks, and it's really hard. You know how that is. Mm-hmm. So a really close friend of mine said, oh, I, I just always thought you're so good at that. And I went, you know what's really weird about being good at something? People don't realize it's because you make a lot of effort. There's a lot of fantasy that if people are good at something, it comes easily to them and there's no effort. And I want to clarify to all of the people right now. When somebody looks effortless at something, it's because they've put in a ton of effort. And I think this is about you two and doing this show. It's a lot of work to fly from Brooklyn to meet up to figure out your show your to hair get your people. And- well, whatever. <laughs> you, know, you know, to keep <laughs> yourselves looking good. That's yeah. a huge piece. But I just really want to demystify that. Because I know I grew up thinking, God, it should be easy mm. if I'm gonna do it, mm-hmm. instead of no, actually something that you put a lot of time into and craft you could end up looking like it's really easy, but you're actually a master at it. That's why it looks that way.
0: I am juggling quite a bit lately. (laughs) I have a new baby Um, six months in and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health it was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday, I did a pep talk uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just, I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So. 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com/slash almost30. Literally, there's no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money-back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com/slash almost30 for 60% off. It expires soon. We're technically millennials, but thinking about the younger generations bless them. I think they're like so powerful in so many ways. And I think there's an aspect to what they see through social media and other forms of consumption where they're seeing lives of people and they're like, oh, you know, they kind of want to skip the steps. Completely. And they're like, why do I, you know, why do I have to work this hard? I just want to fill in the blank. And I think there is just so much fulfillment and purpose to that part of the process that, like, we know very, very well, starting on our closet floors, so you know, like the seven year process that we've been in that makes what we do now, yes, look perhaps effortless, but makes it more fulfilling.
2: You earned it. Yeah. And and I can also tell you, because I work with billionaires, millionaires, people that have inherited a ton of money, when people haven't felt like they've earned something, they tend to destroy it.
1: Yes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wow. So
2: the earning is a huge piece of what makes something fulfilling. I have a funny story. My granddaughter is eight, and for the first time, her parents were letting her watch the Olympics, and she really liked the ice skating, so we were saying to her, we're all very close. Well, Nora you know if you want to start skating you're going to, it's like you have to do 5 6 hours a day to be this good and she said with complete authority no no i could just do like a day a week and be that good <laughs> And it's that thought, yes. like, no, no, they have to do that yes. work, but I am special, and yes. I'll just magically <laughs> skate
0: right into the Olympics. I kind of thought that way when I was younger. Right? And then, rude awakening, and then I would quit. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm out.
1: <laughs> would you say then that Saturn's the planet of manifestation? It is. It is that it is
2: the planet you have to work with to manifest. Uh, and I want to also say people have gotten very confused by this whole manifest love, manifest money crusade, because unless it's aligned with greater spirit and a generosity toward life and community, if it's only self-referencing, they've missed the whole point. You can manifest anything, but if it's just for your self-embellishment, I've never met a person that's happy getting it. Never, not once. Mm-hmm. It's like the why. Why? Why mm-hmm. do you want that sexy hot guy? Why? Mm-hmm. What do you think it's going to give you? Like you're both in relationship, mm-hmm. right? And I'm 26 years in. One hopes that you find that person and everything else is solved. Cuz that's how the ego works. Like if I get yes. this, oh, then, I see. Oh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Then it's all set. It's just the opposite from true. You just have that and then the ego wants that and the ego wants that. Whereas if you say I want this partner. I'm gonna manifest this partner for the why of so that I can be more generative in the world, so that I can give more to other people, so that my love is transformative on this planet. You have a lot better shot of being happy that you find it. Mm.
1: It's like it, the ego versus the soul. Yeah, yeah. manifestation. Yeah. Mm-hmm powerful. Which is so key. I want to talk about the elements, fire, air, water, earth. (laughs) I went on a retreat recently, and it was all elemental, which was really beautiful. But I want to talk about the elements as it relates to the chart. Great. So
2: this is my next book called A Map to Your Soul, and it's all about the elements in the 12 domains or 12 houses. I can't wait for you to read it. It's not out yet. But the elements are fire, earth, air, and water. And these are the core elements of consciousness and manifestation and life itself. So the fire element is the dynamic, the bold, the charismatic, the magnetic, the impulsive. It's all that fire. Just think of the element of fire and it's just mesmerizing and it can be destructive and all of that. Earth is the stabilizing, the grounded, the practical. You know, it's, it's something you can depend on and stand on and feel solid. And you can also be stuck and rigid and obstinate and all of that. And then you have air, which is the expansive, the visionary, the um, transcendent, and the logic and the words and the ideas and the mind. And then you could be scattered, gossipy, vain, you know, all the low air things, a blowhard. And then there is water. And water is the element of feeling, compassion, empathy, sensitivity, a sweet-heartedness, and it can be clingy, whiny, babyish, and victim-y. So those are the four elements, and we have all four elements inside everybody's chart, but most of us preference in the way we live in different domains certain elements. My book is all about a fully expressed life, is learning that you can be all the elements and, again, then you become more embodied as a whole human being. So, for example, you two are quite heavy on Earth. That's Mm -hmm. fabulous. Mm -hmm. I love the Earth. I have a lot of (laughs) Taurus, Earth, Moon energy. So that is high on the side of being dependable, getting things done, productive, etc. You're not high, either one of you, on fire. Mm -hmm. So you could... If you wanted to lean into fire, you could be much more outrageous, much more rebellious, much more colorful. I see your studio is <laughs> quite colorful, mm-hmm. but you too <laughs> could wear reds and oranges. You know, mm. I dare you to wear an orange satin coat. Cool. Oh,
0: I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I
2: love. you. Put the fire into your life, and you see less of the negative fire outside of you. Mm. So when you own again the element. If you don't own fire, you're around people somewhere in your life that seem narcissistic, that seem dramatic, that seem very self-centered, and also can be quite angry because that's a fiery thing. Wow. So I say, own the frickin' fire, and then those people will just somehow not be as mm. figurative in your life wow that's very true for so me. you two Powerful. so, so you two very, fire fire hit hit the fire hydrant very, do very true for me where okay so you wear the orange satin mm-hmm. and i think you could rock a purple velvet something
1: yes wow. catsuit yes oh cat
2: cat suit. suit. yes yeah, tight so we'll wear
1: more fire <laughs> is there any rituals we can do yes you know and this yes.
2: applies to all elements everybody but, but for yeah. the fire um more role plays Okay. Uh, you know, you two could do more theater.
1: <laughs>
0: I, <laughs> I, gonna, I am down.
1: I'm down. I, I like, tried last night in the car. We were role playing. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're like, I was going to do this. I'm like, let's do it. But I mean, oh, you fuck. could actually, as part of the
2: show, pretend you're other people, do voices, mm-hmm. be much more dramatic and
1: outrageous cool. and taking risks. That's very fiery. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see, I see when I think about fire, it's part of my fire family. I always think of the shadow of like like the scorpion sting. Like I think of just like the
2: anger. Well, Scorpio's water, water and stings differently, but you know what? I have a lot of fire and I have a temper, so I can now tell you a little bit about the fire tell people. <laughs> the anger that we are easily in touch with <laughs> is like so thrilling. Mm. It's like driving a fast car. It's so fun for us. It means not that much to us. Oh, see, so you that. all are like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, dude, honestly. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, honestly. please don't be yes, mad. Yes, yes. And actually, it's Ugh. so freeing to just be able to, you know, have That's a temper fit. And okay. for me, it's over. Mm-hmm. For some others, it lasts, mm-hmm. you know. I've had to really work on it in my relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm with a softie, so, you know. Yes. But. You got to know, and I have a really good man friend, and he's king of everything, and he's got so much fire. He just can get fired up over breakfast, you know? It's thrilling for him. It's an adrenal hit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's testosterone. Cool. But for you all that are not, you know, going to be angry little maniacs, you could pretend (laughs) that you're angry and do a little role play about it and act out being angry
0: totally yeah. <laughs> act out. you could act, act out a best friend friend fight okay totally yeah <laughs> see
2: how much but see watch how the energy rises even talking about it that's true uh-huh. it's like fear yes and a little embarrassment but and it, a little sex
0: <laughs> what's a uh, what's um uh, thrilling for more earthy people like us <laughs> yes yeah literally yes. okay I'm like tell me about our thrill yeah
2: no you can't really put earth and
0: thrill okay. together yeah no. got it
2: however I would say Grounding. satisfaction is a word oh, or accomplishment is a word yeah. an earth word yeah so um you know, it's going to sound so banal compared to fire, but getting things accomplished, crossing off your list, landing a huge money deal, getting a gorgeous dress, a beautiful car. I mean, mm-hmm. these are, yeah. I don't know how thrilling. Turning me on. Yes. You know, I'm like, I <laughs> know more.
1: I'm like beautiful decor and aesthetic. Guess what? <laughs>
2: going to the spa
1: of your dreams and what somebody you gifting mean? you an all day Treatment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, feel that. So people, what people can do then for anyone that's listening to understand which element, they can understand the element they sort of lean more to mm-hmm. that they're comfortable with. And then the element that they can bring more into their life by looking at all of the. They don't even have to look
2: at their chart. And that's how I wrote the book, too. We all know. We all know when I when I just say what the elements are. Oh, that's cool. everyone actually knows. Oh, I'm not so watery. I'm not the softest, sweetest, empathetic person I could be. <laughs> that would be me. But they'll know, or like you know, I am a real gossip, or I'm just totally ta- like you know the people that talk nonstop and yes. never listen. That's air.
0: They know mm-hmm. who they are. Yeah,
1: people start going. oh, see you later. Gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about rich, like more about the rituals too. So what would be some rituals that you could do related to water and related to um, air? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the water. So to get more in touch with that
2: softer, sweeter, empathetic, watery side, obviously you can take a bath and put some candles on. And it's a lot about self-compassion. For me to get into my soft side is first to say, oh, Jennifer, you did Snap at that person. It was horrible. But you know, you're lovable and you're really kind. And then, like, I did something yesterday that was like a great water practice. Uh, A guy that I really love as a friend kind of dissed me and it really hurt me. And my first reaction would be anger. And then I went, you know what? Think bigger. He's having a hard time. So instead, I wrote him a love text. I'm really missing seeing you. This is you know, what I thank you for. I just went to water instead of fire. So it's like your, your go-to move, try another move. And for water, it's always kindness, understanding, compassion. It's slower. It's not fast. You all know this. And also for me, like with my partner, I always ask the question, how may my love serve you? Inside my head. So I try to start with Mm. that patient question. How may my love serve you? Think far too often in relationship. We're looking for the validation and the service from the other. But I know in my long-term relationship, if I'm really loving, things go way better. So that's water. Hit the love, the compassion, the slow, the bath, the whole thing. And for air, really get into mindful listening and speech. There is no better practice in the world than being more considerate about what you're saying and how you're listening. Brevity is social charity. Clip it. <laughs> We're going love, viral, baby. I love Brevity that. is social charity. So at my nonprofit that my partner and I founded, it's just such a workout to have people just say what they mean to say and not more than that. And some people, air, talk just to hear themselves or they don't think anyone's listening, so they repeat a thousand times. So for air, actually think of every word as an energy that you're sending and every word somebody is saying to you is an energy you're receiving and get so much more conscious about this whole
0: communication area. I love that. The listening is an art, I think, that we've learned just within our work, but there is something to the listening, not only of the words, but of the energetics, just the what's, what's going on a little bit deeper. And I think we've kind of learned that even in podcasting where, thankfully, we're in person. And we can kind of pick up on nuances. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you two are exquisite listeners. I've been on many podcasts, and I'm not kidding. Where the person's never listening. I know it's, it's oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. should be
1: illegal. That's, that's it. That's honestly, more often the cops. You need to call the cops right? <laughs> <laughs> because that is that that hurts for me. That's a that's a that's a tender when you're speaking and people aren't listening. That's mm-hmm. probably my top three most painful moments. So to be on a that's painful. Mm-hmm. Also, we are
2: in a overly distracted society. So if you want to work on air, leave your phone home for hours of the day. There's nothing that urgent. Boy, do yesterday I was at the beach going swimming in the ocean, and I'm not exaggerating. Every single person laying on the towel on a gorgeous day was staring at their phone. And I thought, wow, we have really been brainwashed. That we think this device is going to give us more than the gorgeous, perfect ocean with the seal that they weren't seeing or the dolphin because they're on their freaking Mm -hmm. phone. So, end distractions. Leave your phone at home. See if you can actually be where you are.
0: Mm. Was that all four? Did I catch all four? Yeah, we did the air, we did the water. Oh, if you need fire. more earth, earth. You,
2: d- you didn't more even earth. want. Yeah, no, if you want, want, some, more, want more earth, earth baby. But Always. if some people need more earth, that's very specific. You actually have to have routines that you do no matter what. You know, like you wouldn't skip brushing your teeth, I don't think. But people skip other things all the time. Like I said, I would work out. I said I would drink mm-hmm. water. It's those little routines that if you want to get in touch with earth, Be more dependable to yourself first and foremost and do some actual practices that involve your hands, your body, like that.
0: Mm. What's been so helpful, um, I think, you know, over the last couple years where there's just been quite a lot going on collectively has been kind of this, I don't want to say predictive because it doesn't feel like that. It's, you know, there are transits, there are things happening astrologically and to understand what is to come helps me at least like really ground and not be swept up by the energy. So, you know, looking forward, we are right now, you know, end of summer uh, recording this, but even looking towards like the new year, are there some transits or things happening astrologically that we could be aware of so that we can be in our, really yeah. be in our power? Yes.
2: Well, I want to give a general 2022 because I don't know when this comes out and I want everyone to be excited for the end of 22. Yes. And then 2023 is a major, major shift. So we're getting ready for that shift. And I want to say to everybody, what's your preparation plan? Here's what is going to be extremely important in the end of 2022 and then going toward 2023. Who's in your sacred crew? That is the seminal question. And let me define that. Your sacred crew is 10 to 12 people that have your back, that love you, that will praise you when things are going well, that will hear you when things are going not well, and that basically you could call or text at any time, any day, and they would try their best to be there for you. The reason you need 12 is because not everyone's available. But you want to make an actual contract with these people that we're heading into a time where the sacred crew is essential. So let's define what that means to us. Because what's happening is there's going to be great disruption the rest of 2022, like massive disruption. I don't know because I don't predict the things. I just know the energy. And then come 2023, Pluto moves out of Capricorn where it's been showing us that systems are broken all over the place. All the institutions are basically failing us in some (laughs) catastrophic way. And the world's gone through the pandemic and et cetera. And the money systems are, you know, unreliable. All of the stuff, it's going to get more disruptive. And then Pluto goes into Aquarius starting 2023. It goes back a bit and then goes forward again. But with Pluto going out of Capricorn into Aquarius, the theme is going to be, you are who you're with. Who are you with? And I mean on every level, like who are you spending time with? And we all have enormous responsibility to decide whether we are going to be separatists or we are going to be problematic allies. That's the big question on the board. You know, I am an Aquarius, so I'm going to say to you all I wish for. Is that everybody gets it that the planet has no more time for us to be petty? None. We've got to be together on this project. And so your crew is to embolden you to make those big legacy making changes. Mm -hmm. So that's Pluto and Aquarius come 2023. Also, Saturn goes into Pisces in 2023, and we will face for certain enormous water issues. And so again, you kind of want to know, can I come to your house and take a shower? No, I don't know how it's going to plan out, but you you don't, what we've done that has been such a mistake is we went from tribal communal people to people that are in more and more and more boxes. Yes. Yeah. The car box, the little apartment box, the boxes have not fur- furthered human consciousness at all. So we have to start breaking down the boxes and being more problematic allies that are in alignment with something bigger than ourselves. Mm. Does that help?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: But it's going to get thorny and don't make it like a disaster, make it oh, growth move, growth move.
1: And this is something I've heard but I don't know if it's exactly true. So that's 2023. Is 2024, it feels like it was always said that 2020 through 2024 was going to get super hairy. And I don't we don't need to go to 2024 astrology. But is that something you've also heard where these four years are going to be really tricky and then it gets better after no, 2024? No, no.
2: See, that's the funny part about astrology. It never gets better. We get better. <laughs> okay, okay, Like, okay. I find this hysterical. Like, there's some, you know, as if, like, that's well, if true. we just sit here and suck our thumbs and watch our TVs, it will get better in 2024. no. Every single thing that occurs is a partnership with us and the divine. If we do nothing and let this shit show continue at the rate it's going, 2024 is going to be horrible.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's so, true. so yep. this is
2: why get in your collaboration pods, yep. make your commitments. Then we could have, I believe, because I'm a romantic, that we can have heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. I know we can. We just need a rapid, rapid increase in human consciousness. Mm hmm a united ensemble
0: chorus of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Powerful. Yeah, that makes me feel better to know kind of the thorniness that is to come. I feel like, I'm like, haven't we been in so much thorniness? The water thing has been predicted a lot. Yeah, it's going
2: to happen. And I, I think it's a great... Hey, listen, we're the most inventive people. Mm-hmm. You know, we got this neocortex. We can make anything. I like to say make believe. Where did we get that idea? Yes, we make it because we believe it. Mm-hmm. So believe we can solve all this.
1: Love that. All about that. Ooh, this has been This has been
2: so fun. much fun. So the Appreciate book you.
1: is Are out. Excited?
2: A Map to Your Soul, October 4th. Beautiful. In every format. And Goop and Random House... Are putting it out. And I feel very, very grateful to all that support. And I'm very moved and inspired that this mm-hmm. book is coming out at a consequential time.
0: Absolutely. And during your, so this is your Saturn return. No, Saturn no, it's return, not that. It's that I've had Saturn, Saturn
2: square my moon. Believe okay, me. F- transiting for the last year. <laughs> it's like, oh, like I'm oh, done. Now now let I- me tell you what it's been like. No, <laughs> just a lot
0: of work. Yeah. Yeah beautiful yeah well, okay. we're grateful yeah. that you were here and make sure everyone get the book this will come out around that time yeah so i'm so timing. excited
1: this was such a pleasure
0: such a gift this you two such are a good one can't i can't wait really for your role it.
1: plays
2: and your new colors <laughs> yeah and, little, and i want to i dare you double dare you to do a pretend fight on air okay Ooh. and i want to i want to hear the screaming
1: <laughs> i know <laughs> i can't remember last time i screamed <laughs> I want to. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> totally. You're going to work up I'm to actually, it. I'm actually, I'm doing a darkness retreat where it's like all darkness. Yeah. And I was like, I'm probably going to scream my face off. Mm, and I'm that's sure. so helpful. Yeah. Can yeah. I tell
2: you that volume coming out of your yes. body is such, it's like taking a shower of just release. Mm, yes. Cool. Oof. Way Oof. to go. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Amazing. Thanks everybody. Thank you so much. We'll talk
1: to you later, guys. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jennifer Freed. Again, that's jenniferfreed.com. And the book is Map to Your Soul.
0: Yeah, a Map to Your Soul is out now. So grab it on jenniferfreed.com. We love you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in. It means the world. And if you want to learn more about Almost 30, what we got going on over here in the community, our courses and programs and our membership, you can go to Almost 30. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at almost30podcast. And I'm at Lindsay Simpson. And I'm at, it's Karista, K-R-I-S-T-A. Love you guys. We'll see you really soon. See you soon. Bye.